Okay, give me the needle. So what are you thinking? I'm thinking zombies. What? You know, zombies, ghouls, the undead. Scientists discovered that these space particles cause the reanimation of dead bodies. You all read the same email I did, and it said zombies. Any zombies out there? Zombies, man. They creep me out. Show some fucking respect for the dead, will ya? And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death. And hell followed with him. <laughs> Welcome to The Needle Exchange, the podcast where our amateur musicologists, the dilettante DJs, curate, discuss, and share playlists built on a common theme. My name is Jim Jewell, your host, reminding you that we may not enjoy living together, but dying together isn't going to solve anything. <laughs> Joining me here in the smoky back break room of our fictional record store are Jose Amador, this week coming to you live from beautiful downtown Burbank. <laughs> Hi, Rob McGregor. Brains. Hi, I'm Zach Pruitt. Uh, here's the plan. We take the car, we go to Mums, we kill Phil, sorry, Phil, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for all this to blow over. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Uh, so typically, uh, the DJs will submit themes, and I will select one at random. Uh, then playlists are due one week later, and we have 72 hours to listen to all the playlists before gathering here for the debrief and public release. But we switched it up a little for this episode. Same timeline, but a special theme assigned by me, Night of the Living Dead. Because I freaking love Romero's film. It's not the first zombie film in the U.S., but arguably the root of a trend we're still living through. Uh, an independent film that is a spiritual cousin to other labor of love indies like Clerks, which was actually my entry into indie cinema many billions of years ago. Uh, and then just all kinds of layers of significance from the featuring a heroic black male lead at a time that that didn't really happen to ending up in the public domain because of an error in distribution and just being a fucking fun film. There's so much here. So uh, how about y'all? Any existing relationship with the film or how would you uh, riff this film into some playlists? I went the moody emo fuck route. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. I wrote yeah. a story. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I did an essay breaking down the characters of the movie. Hmm. Nice. Oh, all this sounds it is. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to hear more about that. Yeah, same. And have are you guys fans of, of this flick? Do you have an existing relationship with it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, longstanding. I uh, rem remember pretty vividly the first time I saw it uh, and the sequels, uh, the entire Romero uh, series it has a place in my heart even the weird diary of the living dead was that the found footage one yeah yeah my introduction was return of the living dead which came out in 85 that was i think my first zombie movie and i was i was a pretty pretty young kid at the time that came out and it was just goofy enough to be like accessible to me um but yeah but then that kind of got me started on on everything else and uh became a huge fan of that whole franchise and somewhere in the archives is a picture of me with with George Romero after he signed my Dawn of the Dead poster at ZombieCon in Seattle in 2010, I think. So, oh, I I really fell in love with him watching Birth of the Living Dead, the documentary about the making of Night of the Living Dead, uh, because he was so humble and he had clearly gotten over the financial impact of his film going into the public domain, uh, and and self reflective on the process. He just. 
he tickled me in a way that I did not expect from a person I just kind of knew as zombie director. Uh, yeah, uh, which it, given the rest of his library, uh, it's a good solid base for that reputation. Um, like uh, Knights of the Round Table on Motorcycles is a trip of a movie. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, there's a vampire movie he made that's really unsung. It's just weird and creepy as hell. Uh, but I don't think he would mind having his entire uh, reputation and uh, legacy in the world being the Living Dead movies. Well, I hope that the one time that I got to participate in keeping that legacy going, that we did it justice. Uh, we produced uh, a, a stage version of Night of the Living Dead while I was working at Sale Children's Theater. And it was a production that I championed from the moment it was suggested. It was going in an audience that we weren't necessarily great at always getting, the teenage audience. Uh, but I think that the the final production that landed on stage was incredible. Like It, it kept every bit of... Uh, what made the film great, but it also made it a theatrical experience. So I've obviously lived with this story and riffed on it a lot. And then with your lists, uh, because of my schedule in the last three days, I've had a chance to road trip them. I've walked with them. I've done chores to them. uh, And I can't wait to hear you lay them out for us. Uh, Zach, you're leading us off this week and and taking a little bit of a a different tack than usual. What do you got? Yeah. So uh, first of all, I just want to say I love both of these lists. They're so much fun. And I'm really glad that I get to go first because my list is not fun. And I, fi- I figured we'd just get the not fun <laughs> shit out of the way. I disagree. Um, it's super fun. I loved it. Okay. Well, then you're a sick fuck. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I decided to tell a story here. Uh, it's the first time I've attempted to do this. I was inspired by by both Robin Jose's efforts in the past. Um, this is a love story, but it's a goth love story. So it can only end horribly. Uh, but this is the story of Tam and Joe. This is a rough sketch of, a, of what could potentially be a more fleshed out story in the future, but I wanted to keep it short in the interest of time. So I'll just go ahead and get started. Tam and Joe met at Laurel Hill Cemetery in the East Falls neighborhood of Philadelphia. Joe spotted her sitting against a large oak tree on the outskirts of the grounds. She was reading a book of poems by Keats. Another book of poems by Yeats leaned against her thigh. Joe was holding a book of poetry by Wilde. He chatted her up and the two quickly engaged in a spirited debate over which poet reigned supreme. A dreaded sunny day, so let's go where we're happy and then meet you at the cemetery gates. Oh, Keats and Yates are on your side. A dreaded sunny day, so let's go where we're wanted and I meet you at the cemetery gates. Keats and Yates are on your side, but you lose. Cause we're the love of wild is up in the mind. Neither side relented as the conversation continued over coffee, dinner, and eventually sex. Over the next few weeks, Joe and Tam would meet frequently at the Oak Tree at Laurel Hill Cemetery. Tam had an old Sony Discman and a pair of earbuds that they shared, one in each ear. They discovered they had a lot in common. Both had been clean for a number of years, Joe for five, Tam for seven. They were both horror buffs. The films of the Underworld franchise were Tam's Desert Island picks. The Crow Quadrilogy was Joe's. While at their jobs, Joe and Tam would text each other poems, some from the masters, some original. One day, Joe was listening to The Cure's love song and sent Tam the lyrics, accompanied by the message, This Is Us. Tam replied with four black heart emojis.
They moved in together soon after. The next three months were pure bliss. Six months into their mad love affair, they gradually began to fall back in with their old circle of friends, the bad ones. It wasn't long before both Joe and Tam started using again. They started hitting the old haunts of their bad days, scoring almost every night. Their love for each other became corrupted by their addiction. Joe's poems turned to violent fantasy, expressing his desire to tear Tam apart and consume her piece by piece. Tam began to see Joe only as a connection, someone to provide her with the drugs she so desperately needed. It was unsustainable. And that's I'm So Sick by Flyleaf. One night in a drug-fueled haze, Tam left the apartment, draping Joe's overcoat over her PJs. She didn't have a plan. She just knew she needed out. Joe awoke to an empty bed and a note that simply said, I'm sorry. He was seized by a bottomless cocktail of panic and rage. He paced the bedroom, agonizing over the possibility that Tam had left, which was too much for him to bear. He topped himself off with a couple of hits and frantically searched his closet, emerging with a box containing the 38 Snubnose revolver he had purchased some months ago. He loaded it and went out into the cold dark. After hours of mindless searching, he realized there was one place he hadn't checked. He went to the cemetery and found Tam lying motionless at the foot of the oak tree. Foam had gathered at the corner of her mouth. Her eyes slowly met his. Joe kneeled at her side and gently pressed the gun to her forehead. Tam begged for her life with what little strength she had left. Joe told himself it was an act of mercy. He told her to close her eyes. He counted down from five and pulled the trigger. And that's a murder song. He buried her there at the place where it all started. He went home in a daze and collapsed on the bed. He had vivid nightmares of Tam, a bullet hole between her eyes, her voice pleading with him, as another voice, deep and malevolent, hissed, she's not coming back. That's, there's a girl on the corner. He awoke violently. He heard sirens and people screaming. He ran outside to see a mass of people running down the street. Some looked dead, but others looked very much alive and terrified. Someone screamed, zombies. And that's heels. Without hesitation, Joe ran for the cemetery. He made it to the oak tree to find the grave empty and Tam standing beside it. Joe fell to his knees. She towered over him, her flesh ghostly and rotting, her eyes black as soot. She grabbed his face and forced it into one of her gaping, pus-filled wounds, demanding he lick them to prove his love. That's rid of me. <laughs> he begged her forgiveness. She snapped his neck like a toothpick and buried him in the grave she had just crawled out of. Then she sat and waited. Joe emerged in a zombified daze. He looked over and saw Tam, who regarded him with unwavering eyes. He lay at her feet and kissed them gently. She scoffed and kicked him away. Then she took his face in her hands and informed him that he now belonged to her. Joe nodded vigorously, tears welling in his black eyes. My body for you was all his broken brain could manage. And that's my body's a zombie for you. Tam lifted him up and took out her disc man. She put an earbud in his ear and the other in hers and pressed play. And as the dulcet tones of Joy Division filled their zombie brains, the sun rose over Laurel Hill Cemetery. It was 
sort of a happy ending. Consen- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a clear consensus that you nailed that happy ending, given that all three of you submitted clips to that final song. This so episode brought to you by Sony Discman. Sony Discman. <laughs> Kill your junkie girlfriend so you can be with her forever. <laughs> You did send this list in with a moody emo fuck disclaimer uh, on it at submission time. <laughs> I, I actually tried to make this one less grisly, uh, but the songs the songs came rather quickly, and I was like, "Man, they just work together so well." Like, I could I could try and change this up a little bit, but it would just take too long. And these things, the, the, they just they connect so well together. So that's how it uh, happens, I, man. It just happens. I like first, that. Yeah, I first heard it on a on I five on a rainy, cloudy day. Uh, you know, driving I five in the Pacific Northwest, the home of serial murders. It was kind of the perfect setting to listen to it the first time. Well, I had a fucking blast with this thing. Um, and my note, my note above uh, associated with your list is: Were you telling a story? Who is Joe and Tam? And then below that, I wrote down. Uh, perfect cemetery romance list. Fifteen-year-old clove smoking Rob would brand himself to this. <laughs> <laughs> Opening up with Cemetery Gates, the Smiths uh, is it's evocative. It's brilliant. It's excellent. The energy is great. Every time I listen to the Smiths, I want to feel horrible, but I can't. I just can't. They just make me feel good and happy and boppy, even though you know Morrissey's a bit of a twat. And uh, you know it's the Smiths. You're supposed to feel terrible when you listen to the Smiths. Following up with the Cure is the big one-two punch of the uh, that that us Gen Xers who hung out at the last exit off uh, off uh, Brooklyn in, in in the Avenue, uh, the University Ave was uh, would just th- that was that was our soundtrack, and so I absolutely loved it. Following up with Tear You Apart, man, this world needs more Justin Warfield. Uh, that was surprising <laughs> to me that Justin Warfield is actually a, a part of uh, a part of She Wants Revenge. Uh, and it's, it's great to hear from that guy again. Again, another Gen X icon, <laughs> Charlotte Gansbourg. In her version of, of Hey Joe, she's also very much, she seems to be very much channeling her parents. Uh, her parents were Jane Birkin and uh, Serge Gansbourg. And they did that song, uh, Je t'aime uh, uh, no moi plus, which is that very kind of sexy, sensual song in French. Uh, she seems to kind of be, yeah, just channeling her folks in that one. Aurora, th- that piece is beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I was, uh, <laughs> my note for PJ Harvey was darkness and sex. And you brought it, she brought both of them in that one. <laughs> um, with Dead Man's Bones, My Body's a Zombie for You, I had no idea that Ryan Gosling uh, had that in him and he kind of needs to leave some for the rest of us. Ryan Gosling, you multi-instrumentalist. Yeah, fuck that guy. guy. (laughs) Jesus Christ. At least he's ugly. Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then, I mean, Joy Division, uh, Lovell Terrace part, quite quite possibly a perfect song. Uh, And there's, there's a, a good reason that you know us three Gen Xers would uh, would would pull that clip the same from the same song because it it is very much an anthem. It's uh, so lovely. Uh, I think we need to hear it again.
Mr. Curtis. Uh, yeah, just just an excellent excellent song and caps out the list perfectly. Caps out the story perfectly. Uh, and you have a, you have a talent for finding these major key sad songs, Zach, because that's a, that's another one of those major key sad songs. That's another one. And it's interesting, actually. I was going to mention the, the love song by The Cure because the previous episode, um, I had picked a song by Mitski uh, called Your Best American Girl, which was a very heartbreaking song, but it, but it was also in the, in the guise of a major key power ballad. Love song is actually, if you, the lyrics, if you just take the lyrics, they're just beautifully romantic, but the song is very pensive yeah. and kind of, you know, a little on the dark side. So I like that. I like that kind of flip, the flip side of Indeed. that. Indeed. Uh, and I'm I'm very glad that you pleased his punch that you turned this into a story that you came out uh, came out with a story and it was it was beautiful it's gorgeous well done uh, thanks again hit it out of the park once more yeah, thanks man really well told as well the story I, I got to read it beforehand but uh, it landed much better being delivered by you sorry to jump on you there Jose oh no that's totally fine uh, I I have not had a chance to read either story, so um, I, I look forward to after after this recording session going through and I'm reading those out. Part of my joy for this this particular session is like listening to these songs and recontextualizing them to a uh, to the to the zombie story. Uh, I think that's the fun thing for all three lists is just like oh this is a song I'm very familiar with. How does this apply to a zombie story? It's like oh. Yeah, uh, going through the list uh, uh, before getting into it, uh, realizing that between Joy Division, PJ Harvey, uh, uh, The Cure, and The Smiths, is it any wonder the Gen Xers are all goths? And <laughs> just looking, listening to all of the you know the collective of all of those all of that music. We'll admit that the Smiths was a completely new thing for me, and it was uh, listening to that balance between Morrissey and Johnny Marr. Uh, it's always whenever I listen to a new song, whenever I listen to a new um, uh, Smiths tune, it, that's always the first thing I try to listen for, just because I, I think, especially with that band, it's the balance between those two that make it worthwhile. Absolutely. Um, Morrissey never was quite as good afterward. Uh, he has some he has some bangers, but uh, but not really. And then Johnny Marr really just became kind of like he is featured on songs, and it's a wide wide range of songs. Um, the the last one that I heard that he did uh, that surprised the hell out of me is um, Talking Heads' "Nothing But Flowers." He's the guitar solo in in that song. Hmm. So worth going back and checking that out. Uh, love song, the, uh, the, the the Cure song. There was an interview with uh, Robert Smith where he talks about that song. Um, and I think there was a producer or some studio exec that wanted him to to change it so that it sounded more upbeat. It's supposed to be a love song. And he was like, no, that defeats the purpose. And fuck you, it's my song to my wife. <laughs> You you don't you don't tell me anything, and that was the end of that. <laughs> she wants revenge to tear you apart. I this <laughs> this song I dig the fuck out of, and uh, it's it's one of those things where it's like you take the the bits apart. Uh, could you play that again? Uh, and I'll I'll tell you why I'm having you play that again. Just listen to the beat. Got a big plan, this mindset, maybe it's right at the right place and right time, maybe tonight in a 
Undead. Undead. You can you can interlace um, Bela Lugosi's dead right on top of that. And totally. Have it have it match one hundred percent. So nice. um, that was one of the things that kind of hit me as I was listening to it this week. Um, moving forward to Shiler Gainsburg, I think that I, I chose that one. Did anybody else choose that one as well um, as a clip? Uh, what Rob was saying about uh, her emulating her parents is 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 spot on, and that. The lushness of that production, uh, just how deep it sounds, it is. I, I would put it on like a top five headphone songs list. It was just so, so, so good and lush that way. Great introductions for me uh, to Aurora and the Twilight Sad. Um, the disaster piece from the uh, It Follows uh, soundtrack, I dug a lot uh, and it's it made me seek out that album uh, because that sound is something that I can't find. It's a niche that I don't get at, uh, scratch on all that often. So thank you very much for that introduction. That's a great soundtrack and a great selection from that soundtrack. PJ Harvey's Rid of Me, uh, perfect recontextualization of that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to know that there's pus kissing, open sore kissing going on with it in the story that that's going to sit with me for a while. Uh, you're not you're not helping my relationship with PJ Harvey at all. With <laughs> uh, so wait a second, Dead Man's Bodies. That was um, what's his name? Um, Ryan Gosling. And uh, really, yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, he, surprised. He's, he's, he's doing vocals as well trip and then i guess are the kids his are they all his love children is that what's going on there <laughs> no he and his partner they hired out a uh, a child's chorus uh to to do this album gotcha and they were originally going to make it a, a musical they wanted to make it a, a, a musical theater uh thing but then they just kind of scrapped that idea and made an album instead gotcha I'm going to have to listen to the rest of that. That's that's an interesting trip. And yeah, Joy Division's Love Will Tell Us Apart. If if there's a theme song for Generation X, that's about it. That's that's that. <laughs> yeah, great list. I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, now that I have conf uh, confirmed that there's a story, I'm looking forward to reading that. Uh, just well done. And as usual, just uh, you could take this, this list and apply it as a soundtrack, not change a single thing and have everything fit just fine. Just fine in there. For sure. Yeah. And when I was uh, listening to the, I was listening to it first, as I said, uh, on a road trip. Uh, and so it was, you know, I would glance over at, at when I don't know who this is, who is it? And when I glanced over at the display and it said The Twilight Sad, a band I had not heard of, I went, of course, this came from Zach's list. Of course, you were the one <laughs> to introduce me to so, something called The Twilight, the Twilight Sad. Sad. Who, who are professionally Scottish. They're so incredibly yeah. Scottish. Awesome. Lots of rumble bars in that song. But the the interesting thing about them is that Robert Smith has publicly championed that band multiple times. They're like his favorite band. And okay. I, I didn't find that out until later, but I was just like, oh, perfect. Oh, that rolls us over into uh, Rob's list That uh, because I was still on the same road trip at one point. Um, Probably almost got me a speeding ticket. <laughs> so, man, take it. My lads, I'm afraid I did a necromancy. I have uh, exhumed the corpses of songs from the gra graveyards of your lists past, and I have, you through fell magics, I have revivified 
reincorporated, remixed them even, twisting their forms into gross mockeries of themselves. And I come with you with my undead host of music with one sole purpose to get fucking down <laughs> and to devour your flesh. Okay. Two sole purposes, get down and devour your flesh. Uh, so yeah, uh, dear listener, when uh, we, we started doing this uh, about three months ago or so, and it's not just Zach, Jose and me uh, who did this. Uh, Jim also takes part as well as some other friends. So what I did, uh, I, I decided f- for <laughs> Night of the Living Dead, I would go back into our uh, our Jim's lists, uh, Zach's lists, and Jose's lists, take every song that had a little green heart next to them, put them into one monster playlist, and then say, okay, here's my canvas. Uh, what do I do with this? And what I came up with was a super dancey party mix that fucking rocks. Starting out with uh, Too Many Zoos, uh, to the top from their album F Note. This is from uh, Jose's list. A is from the theme Cities. Uh, absolute banger of a uh, of of a just a, a busking treat of a band. These guys. Oh my God. Shit, yeah. Uh, this is a trio out of New York, a uh, trumpeter, a uh, baritone saxophonist, and a, a, a drummer. And they basically just play brass, what they call brass house, which is very funky music that is set to often set to like EDM structures. And so what you were hearing there is basically a dubstep song in brass and, uh, and uh, a pickle turn. Absolutely amazing shit. Check them out. That rolls into uh, Right Here's the Spot by Bas- Basement Jacks with Michelle Indigiocello. Uh, to another couple '90s uh, icons, Michelle and Degiocello. I will. She can fucking park her car in my face. I adore her and have for for decades. Uh, that goes into oh that that one was from also from Jose. Uh, that one comes from uh, his list. Fucking hyped from the theme. Get fucking hyped. Uh, another another fun one for all of us. We are uh, we uh, and I think I took a lot from from uh, your guys's list in that theme as well. Moving on, we got G Love and Special Sauce. This one was taken from Jim. Jim's list Cite from the uh, theme Cities. Uh, another fantastic '90s ballad. Uh, G Love and Special Sauce have a special sauce place in my heart. Moving along to one that was actually new to me when it was uh, when it was introduced to the lists. Uh, this is uh, Lika Lee. Uh, her song "Get Some," which is an absolute rager. Hell yeah. That one's also from Jim. This one, however, comes from his list, Hype Machine, from the theme Get Fucking Hyped. Uh, that one is a new one for me, and I've been digging the shit out of it ever since. Moving on, uh, another one, a third and final one from Jim. This one comes from Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Uh, it is their two billion listen on Spotify mega hit, Can't Hold Us. And if you, you notice, uh, 
these these titles specifically, they kind of have a theme about them. They they have an energy, uh, almost a zombie energy. Can't hold us. Uh, we're we're coming through your ceiling. Uh, get eaten, nerds. Following that, we're moving on to uh, uh, something I, I resurrected from one of Zach's lists. Uh, this is Beyonce with Jack White. Don't hurt yourself off of lemonade. Probably. cannot listen to that song and not have stank face amazing record uh lemonade is an amazing album uh and beyonce is never somebody i, I reach for uh I, i'm not a huge fan of her music but i i do recognize that she has a, a flawless voice and she's an amazing entertainer uh and her and jack white together that that's just that's a super group that needs to happen uh forever i think they, they those two need to just get together and have a band um I also love Jack White. Um, but yeah, Absolute Rager. That one comes from Zach. From his list, I believe it was uh, All Rise Part 1. Your, your, your uh, Zach, your <laughs> introduction or uh, submission for the Get Fucking Hype theme. <laughs> you had to do two lists that week, which uh, both of them were, were absolutely off the charts. Next one is probably my favorite. Uh, somebody who I'd never heard of before. And when I did hear her off of Jose's list, uh, State of the Union snafu, I remember it, it was really cool because Zach and I were both listening to it at the exact same time. Uh, and on Discord, we were sort of in real time uh, uh, critiquing the list, uh, Jose's list. And when the song came on, all I, all I said was Maldivisa. That's all. I just wanted to type that out, Maldivisa, because it was amazing. Her, her song, um, In My Neighborhood, it, it it takes you places and it's amazing and she's criminally underlisted. guys that song only has 7564 listens on spotify and it's a point of pride that i think i'm i'm an entire percentage point of those listens i'm at least (laughs) one percent of those listens Um, that album that entire album soup to nuts is ridiculous it's all over the place it's beautiful it's aggressive uh her voice is phenomenal the production is amazing i think she produced herself uh Please, please do yourselves a favor. If you have not listened to Maldivisa, listen, give her a listen. Um, and she's also worked with a couple of people uh, featured on a couple of uh, other artists stuff whose names I forget right now. But yeah, just find her and do it. Um, Lift her up. Indeed. Uh, moving on, another one from Zach. This one from uh, the first list that we did, uh, Loss. That was the theme, Loss, and it, it's from Zach's list, Lost. Uh, it's the Jim Carroll band, uh, People Who Died. And I was very grateful. I'd completely forgotten the Jim Carroll band existed. I don't know why. I mean, 
maybe I'd forgotten about basketball diaries, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, excellent, excellent song. Uh, very punky, very, very Jim Carroll. And I absolutely adore that one. Had to put it in. Moving on to the penultimate one, we've got Run the Jewels with Blockbuster Night Part 1 off their album, Run the Jewels 2. This is from Zach's, uh, another one from Zach's All Rise, uh, Get Fucking Hyped uh, list. It is it is just pure zombie magic, this song. It is aggressive. <laughs> uh, you just want to fight somebody. When, when when you listen to the song and uh I, I i had to throw it in because it's it's it fits perfectly and then we're finishing up with uh one of mine because i took three from each of you so i, I did one of mine and for this one i uh took from my list uh, booger presley's fuck mix the theme was <laughs> nerds uh it is talking heads burning down the house uh because I, uh, from, from stop making sense. I should, I should make that, that distinction, which is probably the best live album ever, ever made. Um, when I put in talk, I, I was not going to make a, a, a tell a story with this, you guys, I, I, I was not, but when I put in burning down the house, I was like, well, I mean, that's, that's the conclusion of this, this zombie apocalypse story. Uh, they have to burn at the end. So wrote a, a, a quick t- 1,000 word story uh, 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 told from the first person perspective of a zombie who still has his mental faculties from what's left of his brain, but he can't do anything but follow his body. It's uh, the, the story itself is actually um, uh, inspired by a uh, novella called My Zombie Body by Mario Lurig. Um, and if you guys want to read that, you can. Other than that, that's my list. I had a great time putting it together. I've danced my ass off uh, all week to this thing. Thank you guys for the inspiration. Uh, Thank bring you. down the house. Actually, when when I listened to it the first time, I went to the first the first full run through I saw of our stage adaptation of Nightmare uh, not Nightmare, uh, Night of the Living Dead, uh, and it was the final image on stage. Like it, it commanded the the set and the way at that particular. Uh, production came to a close. Uh, I didn't immediately note where you're, what you were doing with the theme. Jose clocked it right away. And once he told me, I felt a little self-conscious about going, I actually really like that move from uh, Licky Lee into Macklemore. There's a nice exchange. Oh, they're both my songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Those are yours. Uh, and it's one more reminder, uh, for, and it turns out to be from Zach, that I need to uh, explore Run the Jewels, because I keep hearing bops from Run the Jewels, and then I go on my own and just grab an album, and it fails to hook me. So I feel like I need a, a guided tour into Run the Jewels, because there's much there I am not getting. So, uh, Zach, or Jose, you want to jump in on Rob's list? Uh, uh, sure, yeah. Um, yeah, so as Jim said, I clocked it and right away, and then the, the next thing I clocked is that I was fucking dancing to everything I was listening to, yep. uh, it, you know. So basic. Um, last time through, Rob, you declared my list was the was the uh, uh, was the dance session of of the three lists, and this time you you took that title, hey, hands sure. hands for down. Sure. Uh, it, you just can't stop moving. Uh, great introduction to too many zoos. If you have been listening to them before, uh, they have a they have a lot more uh, than I was expecting on Spotify. For me, it's those first two albums that they released, uh, "To the Top" uh, and I forget the name of the other one, uh, something something animals, um, because that's their sound pure without any production to uh, start hiding and uh, camouflaging the three instrumentalists on this thing it starts they start producing more 
starts sounding a little bit overproduced, in my opinion. Uh, but there's plenty more out uh, out there that that matches the energy and the groove, and all of it tends to make you move. Michelle Nengocciello, good lord, that woman. Uh, Rob, you introduced me to the "What's in My Bag" for uh, record artists. I was oh, yeah. used to the. Um, I was used to uh, seeing the the Criterion list where they let somebody loose in their in their closet of catalog, and, and so to watch this happen with music, that was um, that was great. And the Michelle and Gocciello, uh episode was great. I was introduced yeah. to a lot of great songs there. So much respect for her as an artist. So much yes. respect for her as an icon. Just an incredible voice, an incredible human being. And you know, uh, this with Basement Jacks. I, I think it's the best song on that album. It's probably one of the best Basement Jack song out there. Uh, just great. Just great fun. Uh, G Love and Special Sauce is a fun song. Lee and Lee. Uh, yeah, I, I have to admit, I, I'm a convert. That that was just a great <laughs> bop. Um, it's just so much fun in there. Uh, Mac Lamore, um That's just a great song. That and uh, Thrift Shop. I, I could listen to those two, those two songs over and over again and just have nothing but fun doing so. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of bummed out that his reputation in the rap world was uh, tarnished because it, for the dumbest reason, I don't know if you guys have heard this, uh, he won an award over um, Kendrick Lamar one year. And the consensus was that he, you know, that he robbed Kendrick Lamar and he ended up agreeing and decided to, uh, publicly apologize to to Kendrick Lamar, and ins- instead of doing so privately, and as a result, like everybody felt he was just doing that for show, instead of assuming that he was being sincere. And so, why he is not as prominent an artist these days is because, for whatever reason, he is seen as a phony. Uh, and I, having met the guy, I don't think he is a phony. Um, oh, I don't either. So, so and it's, it's a kind of confused me. Yeah. So it's a shame. It's a shame that uh, that he is not as prominent as he should be. He's another unsung artist yeah. that should get a lot more recognition. Not more. There's plenty more to be said about Beyonce, uh, but plenty has been said already. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Lemonade and that last one, uh, just two great albums. Renaissance. Yeah, yeah. Renaissance, Renaissance is fantastic. great. Just those two albums alone. Uh, Maldivisa, seeing as this came from my list. Um, yeah, where did you find her? Where did you find her? Uh, James Acaster. So James Acaster is a British comedian. And uh, when I first discovered him, when I first found him, not discovered him, when I first found him on YouTube, um, just started digging up more and more about him. And it turned out he had written a book claiming that 2016 was the best uh, year in recorded music up to that point. And like he spent entire, he was recovering from a breakup. And so he spent all his money just buying albums that came out the year of 2016. And then he put out like, I think GQ or some GQ equivalent interviewed him about the book. And he just gave a list of, of albums. Um, the, you guys have heard the results of, uh, of my finding artists through that list. Um, but this one particularly is one that has stuck with me. Uh, he recommended this album, especially she compares, she calls herself like a modern day Billy day, I think is what she compares. No, no. Nina Simone, Nina Simone. She mm-hmm. compares her voice to, and her artist artistry to, to Nina Simone. And I think it's not just braggadocio. I think she actually owns, she, 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 
she uh, fulfills that promise. But does um, she have a gun? <laughs> uh, well, you know, you said what was the number of uh, listens to that song? Seven thousand seven thousand five hundred sixty-four as of so, right now. So yeah, there you go. Uh, no, she does not have a gun yet. <laughs> she she will have a gun soon. Uh, Jim Carroll's a fun bop. Run to Jewels is another gem. I join you in this. Um, not as familiar as I should be. I love Killer Mike as a, a personality. Um, his politics are aligned with mine, and everything I've heard of his is great. But I need to. I need to listen to more. I need to. I need to find more. Just because. Uh, and then finally, talking and burning down the house. I mean, come on. You know, not exactly a Gen X you know theme, but up there. Oh, and. Yeah. Stop Making Sense, both a great live album and perfect concert movie. Indeed. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for this list. And I had a lot of fun. Thank I had a lot you. of fun listening and moving <laughs> to this. Yeah. I think it's great that we've been doing this long enough to where we have a greatest hits uh, album now. We have a... <laughs> it's great. Like, it, it really does feel like a greatest hits album because it's like I, I remember I remembered these songs once once I didn't I didn't pick up on it right away. But then as soon as Rob told me, I was like, oh, yeah, right. And in addition to being a story and in addition to being a great assist compilation, I think this is also just a fantastic mix as in a sequencing of songs that flow really, really well together, which was clearly the intent. And I think it just comes across really, really well. And um, for me, where it, where it it really just started to like energize me like this this got me through the week last week I, I started listening to it and it was just like oh man this is just perfect just just what I need the run from track four to track seven so get from get some to can't hold us to don't hurt yourself to in my neighborhood the three second crossfade for those four tracks mm-hmm. so Jose usually has the kind of the holy trinity right smack dab in the middle of his lists I was just like man your middle three man they're just so good well Rob's got the middle four with this list this was like. <laughs> It was just so good. Uh, the Macklemore song, like I think I could probably just live the rest of my life without ever having to hear that song again, only because it was so over. Like the whole album was just so overplayed. Like it was the soundtrack for mm-hmm. literally every movie trailer that came out that year. But in the, in the context of this four four track run, it was just oh man, it was just perfect. And then of course you know Beyonce, "Don't Hurt Yourself." Like I think this conversely, this is a song I could listen to once a day for the rest of my life. And I would still be drawing energy from it as an old man. Oh yeah. Um, and then the fucking Maldivisa, man, that song is just Jif extra crunchy peanut butter. I don't know what it is about this song that just, it's that beat and that, and that little bass accent after every, you know, phrase. Um, and just her, her voice. It is a song that just commands attention. And, and yeah, like 7,000, I, I get this song not being like an anthem and everybody having heard it, but seven thousand is an insult. Like I, I just don't understand why the really song is. isn't it isn't uh, more popular. Run the jewels, fantastic. Jim Carroll band, fantastic. Yeah, but but just overall, I just think the curation and the sequencing of these tracks is great. I know Rob, you've mentioned in the past, like you you eventually want to actually put together a, like a honest to goodness DJ set where you do like the beat matching and everything. I would love to hear it because I I, I sense that you would really pull it off just based on what I'm hearing with, with this list and with the the limited technology that you have to kind of mix them together. But the fact that you were able to just use the songs and and sequence them the way you did, was just great. So I actually did last week. Thanks brother. I actually did last week for, uh, for Jose's, uh, birthday theme, uh, thread. Oh man, I I have to listen to that city's list and, and I I mix it all together, uh, so that it kind of flows into one, one thing. So give that a listen. That's great. 
that four song run run that Zach was just referring to and the overall pacing, um, I thought the, the there was a great prep for it going from the high energy start and G Love being just a great I'm gonna downshift you and then put it back up. Like we needed that downbeat for that four song run to work so well together. So it was an overall list pacing. I thought it was great. Cool. And then that was the the start. And then that four song run where those are the two times where I suddenly realized I'm going 92. <laughs> 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 yeah, we have one more list up. Jose, do you want to uh, break down your list for us? Absolutely. It would be my distinct pleasure. So uh, as I said earlier, uh, I decided to make this about uh, trying to distill uh, the characters and the situation of the movie Night of the Living Dead. Uh, if uh, if you're not familiar with this movie, get familiar with this movie. I'm not going to give you a whole <laughs> rundown. It's it's a classic for a reason. Watch the thing. And spoilers ahead if you haven't seen it. I for whatever the ten you know the one percent of you that have not seen this movie yet. Um, uh, I. The, the other the other little disclaimer probably one of two probably um is that maybe the correlation between song and character isn't like 100 direct but there are elements within the songs that remind me of those characters and i decided to go with that and to try to, to match 100 everything that's going on and the last one is that i use uh <laughs> sound effects as uh act breaks within the story so uh, let me go ahead and begin the uh, the breakdown of the list. We start with one of those sound effects, the large horde of zombies approaching. This is uh, from a service that apparently exists on Spotify. I don't know if it's one artist that makes all these tracks or if it's something that they do in-house, but the name of the group, whatever they are, is Sound Ideas. And they just have nothing but sound effects on that page. Uh, they have a whole zombies list and a whole, you know, other horror list that I utilize for this. Um, so yeah, large horde of zombies approaching. We start in Midiares. The zombie uh, apocalypse has already begun, and we go from there to uh, Screamy Jay Hawkins representing the point of view of an actual zombie. In this version of the story, the zombie apocalypse began when one guy tried to kill a woman, and the woman put the whammy on him. <laughs> She put the whammy, whammy to the whammy, whammy. She put the whammy on, oh, 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 Love Screaming Jay. Uh, Screaming Jay Hawkins, uh, legend, legend. Um, and uh, establishes a little unexpected theme in this list of uh, storytellers screaming in horror about what's happening uh, to them. Uh, from there, we go to John Parrish and PJ Harvey, uh, uh, their song Girl from Dancing at Loose Point, I believe is the name of the album. Louse Point, something along those lines. I don't have that in hand in front of me. I am an irresponsible correspondent. Uh, the name <laughs> of the song is Girl, and uh, I keep it vague here for a reason. This song is about all of the women in the story. So it is Barbara, the, the first woman that you meet. It is uh, Karen, the mom. Uh, it is the, her daughter, and it is the single woman in the couple that exists in the story. All of them are represented in the song Girl. 
Uh, from there, we go directly to um, the song representing Barbara, the first song representing Barbara, and that is Bunny's Little Flower. The flowers. Uh, the, the, the 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 women in this list are just I cannot I cannot stop I cannot stop thinking about them they're so well represented by their songs and Bunny is an artist I found through uh, Bandcamp it was just on one of their lists of stuff that was coming out decided to check it out and yeah it's this it's part of that um, you know twenty uh, tens twenty twenty trend of uh, dreamy hazy pop psychedelia and yeah just just beautiful stuff from from barbara we go to just what's happening in the world uh that is represented by dj mugs and nigram mortem dj mugs is uh one of the producers of cypress hill and these days what he's doing is creating he's working mostly as a dj creating albums of nothing but instrumentals and occasionally working with a featured artist uh He's very prolific. This album is only like, uh, I want to say two years old, two, three years old. And there's like already like four or five other releases that have come out since this album. So he's got a ton of stuff out there. And the the, the way the song feels is perfect for, well, I mean, Black Dead People is basically a rough translation of what Negrim Mortem is supposed Mm -hmm. to mean. (laughs) I don't think that's a direct just translation from the Latin. Um... But uh, yeah, and so this song represents, look, I'm just going to say it, and it's kind of weird that I'm the third, every time I'm the last, I'm the anchor in this list making, it's about white men doing bad things. <laughs> <laughs> but this this song is basically uh, exposition about what's going on in the world, and it's a bunch of white men doing white men things. So instead of just going into detail and in all the white men's and everything, this song encapsulates all of that. Uh, from there, we are introduced to Ben, uh, the African-American character in Night of the Living Dead. He is represented by that fucking guy, Saul Williams, and these motherfuckers. We've talked uh, amongst ourselves. I don't has I don't think. No, I think this is the first time that Saul's come up in one of the, the lists for the needle exchange. But you definitely love him. I do love him. Well, uh, one of the last the last time I included him, Zach said that he had listened to four songs that I had submitted into themes, and each time he sounds different, mm-hmm. and each time he sounds vibrant, and each time he has something to say. You know, it's he, he's an incredible artist. He's done a lot in his time frame, and still somehow unknown. I don't understand how that happens, but his movie is great. I finally got a chance to see that, and these albums are all great. And what I love about this song in particular is that it starts out just talking, you know, these motherfuckers won't back down, and then he starts going, delisting who the motherfuckers are or who he would like to motherfuck, and in the process turns subtext into text, just yeah. right there in the middle of the song. So I thought that was a perfect representation of Ben. From there, we go to the last bit of exposition, more white men doing white men things in low moaning zombie ambiance (laughs) by uh, sound ideas. (laughs) Um, 
so at the end of that act break, we go from that to let's start killing the women. So first song in that suite, the killing women suite is uh, Eleni Mandel and Snakebite. Um, artist from Los Angeles, just great. And this is the first the the first of the callbacks to the screaming into the microphone about something horrible going on. It's a moody, fast piece. Um, if you listen closely, there are times when the bass line that drives the whole song comes out of rhythm. Uh, it, because it, it, all the all the performers on the song are performing live as they're recording it, and so they're just going so fast that they're you know just get ahead of themselves sometimes. And she represents the girlfriend in the story, and so now she's dead. Uh, next we go to the daughter, the dumb dumb girls. Hold your hand. This. This is another part of that uh, hazy dream pop I was talking about earlier, the Dum Dum Girls. I chose the song. Uh, well, first I'll say I had I could I, I chose the song and I was including it, but then I couldn't find the scene where uh, the daughter is eating the hand. That's the only reason why I picked the song. And so when I couldn't find evidence of that scene existing. Uh, granted, I wasn't. It wasn't a very thorough search, and I landed on the YouTube copy, but I couldn't find it on there. Um, so I took it out, and it wasn't until Jim <laughs> sent out his uh, his preview uh, release that he included the mention that mentioned the fact that there's the hand eating on there. I was like, okay, no, fuck it. I don't care if it's late. I don't care if I, 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 this song has to go back in. This is an important thing because of the refrain in the song about uh, you would do anything to bring her back. I, I wish it wasn't true. There's nothing I could do except hold your hand until the very end. And I thought that was a perfect encapsulation. Uh, like, the horror of that having you know, the daughter eating her mom's hand uh, and having that thought of like, I wish this wasn't the case. I would do anything to not have this happen, but I'm going to hold and or eat your hand until the very end. Um, I thought that was a perfect echo um, of the image in the movie. Uh, from there, we go to her mom, uh, the bird and the bee lifespan of a fly. I have no regrets for Sure, the song is written from the point of view of a fly who is dying at the end of her lifespan, but the lyrics are all from the point of view of a mom who is dying. And uh, to follow, you know, to follow her, you know, her daughter eating her, the acceptance with which this particular mom uh, faces death, uh, it, it was just too touching to not include in here. And The Bird and the Bee is a band who, if you broke them, into their individual parts, I wouldn't think much of it. But the combination of the producer and the singer has created a lot of things that I cannot deny are really, really, really good. 
Um, so I highly recommend The Bird and the Bee. Uh, and the song is just a heartbreaker. And from there, we go to the Jacks, Damn Bloodsuckers. In this version of Night of the Living Dead, Barbara fights, and Barbara fights hard. And that is what's going on here. Uh, the driving rhythm of the song and just how uh, raw everything sounds in here is representing that fight. Uh, and she almost makes it. She almost makes it. Um, but eventually, the zombies and or white men win. And I can feel this in my fucking spine. <laughs> did you use the entire clip? Is that I did. It's 27 seconds. <laughs> uh, I just, can we play that one back? Can we, can we roll that yeah. one? <laughs> I wanted to include that one because I just wanted to make sure that, that all of us got to hear Because, you know, just in case we hadn't gotten our fill of it, that we needed to hear it again. I just wanted to <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh barbara however accepts her death uh, about as bittersweetly as you'd expect which is what georgia smith's i am from the uh, black panther soundtrack represents uh, from this song is uh, when, uh, let's see, when you know what you've got, sacrifice ain't that hard. Seems like depending on me, sometimes you're not meant to be free. And I thought if this barber was brave enough to fight, this barber is able to admit that sometimes you gotta die. And that's what this song represents. And that is the last of our women that need to die in this little horror story. So the only thing, the only person left is Ben, our African-American hero, who in the movie dies unexpectedly. Uh, and that is represented here by Kendrick Lamar's Blood, which I'll, I'll let you discover that on your own as you listen to the, as you listen to the track yourself. Um, but um, yeah, I thought to end this list as coldly as this list does was fitting, given the movie it was inspired by. And that is my list. Oh, hell yeah. I forget now if it was you or Rob or who said the, and referred to the, the 1% who hasn't seen this film. Uh, and the last time that I screened it at North Seattle College, there was a lot of students who had were in that 1% were seeing it for the first time and did not know that ending was coming. Yeah. Uh, and I saw it flat out stun a kid. Like, wait, that, what? That, what? It's it's it was a perfect way to, to to end that list, and the only way the film could have ended, uh, especially to have the resonance and relevance it still does. Uh, so I'm gonna I, I will keep talking unless I say Zach, Rob, you want to jump in and uh, some responses to Jose's list? Absolutely, uh, Jose, you uh, I, I love 
thank you for contextualizing this as as uh, explaining the perspectives of each of the characters. That gives the list uh, a glue that makes it super special. It was already special. It was always love uh, already lovely to listen to. Uh, you have a talent for finding and incorporating music that I've never heard before from artists that I've never heard before. So you, you've, you've introduced me to some absolute gems over the past uh, few months, and you've done so with this one uh, as well. Uh, not new to me is Screaming Jay Hawkins, who I adore. Uh, his theatricality, uh, his uh, he, he's perfect for this list. I mean, here's a guy who would, who would uh, routinely come out of a, a coffin uh, to, uh, to start his sets. Yeah. And he, he had, he had Henry, right. It was Henry, the, uh, the plastic skull that kind of always the smoking skull that always hung out with him. Right. Yep. Um, yep. just incredible theatricality and uh, a brilliant, brilliant opening, uh, for this list. I'm going to discount the sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> they're great. They're, they're fantastic little act breaks. Uh, but I'm going to just bust through those. Um, Nigra Mortem, uh, was a new one for me. Uh, I, I knew that DJ Muggs was out there doing stuff, uh, but that was the standout in your list for me. I, uh, my note for that was that this, this fucking rocks. It, it, it's just asshole to appetite, a fantastic uh, song. And that one, that one definitely got the little green heart from me. Check out the album. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. Uh, of course, Saul Williams is always brilliant. And that's another introduction that you've, you've given me, which I appreciate. Uh, and of course you're going to throw him in this list because he fits perfectly. Dum Dum Girls. Uh, what makes that one special? And I, I pulled the, I think I pulled a clip from that one. That one struck me because it's a heartbreaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Dee Dee, the, uh, the singer uh, for Dum Dum Girls, uh, she wrote that song because her mom just died. And the song is literally about just holding her mom's hand until that's all she can do is hold her mom's hand until the very, very end. Oh my God. <laughs> and so when you put it in there as the little girl eating her mom's hand, fucking chef kiss. So good. So good. That gives I did me not that, know that context. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. And that, 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 that song is absolutely gorgeous and really heartbreaking and i literally called my mom yesterday because of it i was like <laughs> i've got to die to my mom oh man the bird and the bee was a lifespan of a fly so gorgeous i pulled the clip for that one as well uh, particularly that spot because they take you uh, from this dreamy lilting uh ballad of discussing how a fly is just dying uh or going through its very very short life and then they put you in the middle of a of a music box that's dissonant and and uh, a little haunting and it's such a beautiful uh bridge or chorus uh chorus in that song uh that's those... one that you both selected clips for and i only played one the other mm-hmm. clip i think was i think might have been york's this one don't chase the I think that was the clip that I pulled. Uh, gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, Jax. 
Now there's a name I've not heard in a long time. <laughs> a long time. Great, great 90s power post-punk. Quick uh, question for you, Rob. Do you remember the name of the singer? Cause yeah, I Katrina, just... Katrina Ford. Okay. All right. A button on that before Zach's list. Just, But uh, go ahead and finish your... Sure. Uh, and and then uh, you take us through Georgia Smith uh, and Kendrick Lamar. Uh, fantastic buttons on the list. Um, excellent work, my friend. And I, the fact that you you made it uh, just just the internal monologue or the contextualized through through the characters of the film is is just genius. So thank you for that. Thank you, thank you. Uh, quick button. Katrina Walker is her name. Ford. I Ford. Believe. Katrina Ford. I got to jacks through her involvement in celebration yes yeah yeah, yeah. uh that's how i got to uh know uh her and the um and, and her work and through that it's how i got to the jacks there's another band of hers that i need to find out but anyway that's it yeah i just want to echo what, what rob said about about having this be about the you know the internal lives of the characters and everything i think it's it's i love how you dig i like i like your curiosity jose like you really uh it really shows through in this list, and also the the uniformity of of, of genre for the most part. Mm. Um, I thought was was interesting. Like I feel like uh, Phil Spector could have produced a lot of these tracks. There was a lot of Wall of Sound stuff going on, mm. especially yeah, the Dum yeah. Dum Girls, and and uh, you know he also has a gun, by the way. He also has a gun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God damn it, we're bro. we're really into folks with guns on the Needle Exchange. Um, I love Jax. That was one of my clips. Uh, I'm a big fan of of bands like the Jesus Lizard and and uh, John Spencer Blues Explosion. These guys are just like fuzzy guitars and a dude with a bullhorn just screaming. Um, I just that's just my jam. So I really I really enjoyed that track. And then of course, Lifespan of a Fly was just heartbreaking. And Girl by PJ Harvey. I think I actually put that in my my quiet OLI list. Uh, it was originally going to go into my my main quiet quiet list, but just didn't quite fit. But it was really fun to hear that one again. Gotcha. Um, Screamin' Jay Hawkins, I don't know if this is true, but I think, didn't he, I read somewhere that Screamin' Jay Hawkins trained to, to be an opera singer before he got into what he did. Yep, absolutely. Yep. But I just love that that operatic, uh, you know, melodrama in his voice. Like, he just sells every song that, that he does. And a very powerful cap off with the Kendrick Lamar track. You know, I think it really taps into the social message of the film, which was just way ahead of its time when it came out um, yeah. and ha- had a lot to say and was using zombies as kind of a cover for, I think a, a deeper message. So yeah, the DJ mugs also fantastic. Uh, Saul Williams again, who is this guy? Every time he comes on, who is this guy? Where's he? <laughs> what is this? How Did many more personalities like, you got? You gave him fuck that guy status, right? I think you did. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> fuck that guy. um but yeah just just fantastic list jose as always i just love digging into your stuff it was uh very much this the second time that we ended on the list that i felt like was the academic essay i think yours was last last week zach i I couldn't quite track the order in my head uh because that's i mean jose when you said that it made a lot of sense the and as opposed to adding these specific connections. I think I was feeling those, but it, it justified why I had the feeling I did, which was, this was the list that listening to most had me living moments of the film. It was also the one time I had a question of, 
are these two guys fucking with Rob now? Because the week after Rob says he's not a big PJ Harvey fan. <laughs> well, you know what? I would have had a PJ Harvey in there if I ever liked one of her songs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep chipping away, Robert. I'm not, I'm not giving do, up. Please do. <laughs> uh, but Jose, before we leave your list, uh, that uh, little flower, the, the bunny song, uh, that was definitely, that was such a, a great, button moment it was a you know those last two verses just ring so clear mm. uh and hit the theme and it felt like that turn to dj mugs kind of needed that soft sweet exit to before it the same way that g love prepped the four song run for uh for rob it felt like little flower was the little breath at the end and then you're gonna start hitting us more again it was a great transition there. Uh, I just, I enjoyed the shit out of the list this week. And I, I, just, I feel like I need to say a special thank you to you guys for doing these uh, in response to one of my favorite films, one of my favorite theater projects of all time. Oh, uh, yeah. Rob, did you do a, a, a statistical breakdown of the list for us this week? Oh, you know it, baby. All right, <laughs> dear listener, this? dear listener, uh, uh, and I'll, I'll probably stop giving this introduction soon. If you're not aware, uh, I take the average year, release year of every single one of our songs. I average them out and come up with the spiritual birthday of each of our lists, starting with Zach, his list, Tam and Joe, Laurel Hill, Hill Cemetery. Your list was born on July 1st, 2002 at 7.38 p.m. Hmm. July 1st, 2002. Do you, do you recall what you were doing at that time, Zachary? Uh, probably. What was the time again? It's seven thirty-eight, but it's it's irrelevant. We don't need it. It's irrelevant. Yeah, I think uh, I was probably having a house party with my roommates, and uh, and maybe making out with a random woman. Um, Man, yeah, your social life, (laughs) your your past social life is (laughs) it peaked. It it peaked in the early two (laughs) thousands, and then it was all downhill from there. Uh, Your U.S. number one song on that date was "Hot in Here" by Nelly. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. That's a doozy. <laughs> it's uh, speaking of uh, of Obi Wan Kenobi. I always kind of contextualize that song as like a Jedi mind trick. It's like it's getting hot in here, so take off all your clothes. <laughs> I am getting so hot. I want to take my clothes off. Good lord, uh, uh, Zach. Your your UK number one song was a little less conversation. A remix, uh, Elvis versus JXL. I remember which that one. is. Yeah, fantastic. Moving on to me, uh, my list, The Funk of 40,000 Years, Green Heart Remix. My, my list was born on May 26th, 2004 at 2.24 a.m. I was probably, uh, at that time, I think I was like squarely in the flush of a new relationship uh, that was destined to go poorly uh, three times <laughs> in three different iterations. My U.S. Uh, number one song is Burn by Usher. And my UK number one song is F-U-R-B or F-U Right Back by Frankie. I don't know. I have no idea. (laughs) Kind of want to know now. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Finally, finally, uh, Jose, your list. Uh, They're coming to to get you, Barbara. They're coming to get you. I was born on January 26th, 2009 at 2.08 in the morning. Do you (laughs) remember, recall what you were doing on January 26th, 2009? No effing idea. No <laughs> clue whatsoever. Uh, probably working at Harborview. Uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. If it was a weekday, I was working at Harborview. Probably in a show. Actually, probably the answer, anything past 1992, <laughs> probably the answer is going to be in a show. Right. Probably in a show. Anyway, <laughs> <Right>. yeah. 
Your U.S. Uh, number one hit song was Just Dance by Lady Gaga. Okay. Your U.K. number one song was Just Dance by Lady Gaga. <laughs> cool. I'm down. I'm good with that. Yeah. Second time in two weeks. Uh, also second time that it was a uh, female artist uh, that was charting on both lists. Indeed. And that's your your birthdays, my friends. Excellent. Zach, Jose, you guys got any final words on the week? This was just a fun week. This was a really fun week. Thank you very much for the uh, for the theme. Yeah, oh, I, th- I was... thank you guys for taking to it so strongly, so quickly. It was it was very fun, uh, despite my my playlist of emo love and death. <laughs> I fucking love it, man. I, I do love your pathos. It's fantastic. It's so well crafted in being uh, about love and death uh, that it totally fucking works, man. Indeed. Well, thank you, DJs. I'm glad it was a, a fun week. Uh, I can't wait to go back and listen to these lists again. Uh, and thank you all for joining us again on the Needle Exchange. If you're enjoying the podcast, you know, please consider dropping a review, share it with others, comment on our Substack. Uh, and for our next episode, we have another special theme. So tune in, find out what that theme is, how it challenges the DJs, and what they decide to do with it on the Needle Exchange. Okay, give it a needle.